This is AgriPulse Drive Time brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. America's crop insurance agencies provide individualized protection on more than 311 million acres of farmland. Good Wednesday afternoon. I'm Spencer Chase. We're still waiting on the text of a bill to avoid a government shutdown on Friday. Lawmakers are said to have reached an agreement in principle on the matter, but full details are supposed to be released today. As of recording, that's not the case just yet as behind-the-scenes processes continue to unfold. In today's AgriPulse newsletter, Phil Brasher reports the deal will not contain tax-extender language sought by the biodiesel industry or disaster assistance for producers hit by hurricanes last year. Georgia Republican Senators Johnny Isaacson and David Perdue sent a letter to House and Senate leadership today urging immediate action on the disaster aid. They say state and local authorities will not have the necessary resources needed to address hurricane-related issues without it. Stay tuned to AgriPulse for more on Friday's looming deadline and how negotiations will impact farm policy. The Renewable Fuels Association's National Ethanol Conference wrapped up today with remarks from Deputy Ag Secretary Steve Sensky. He says USDA wants their EPA colleagues to move quickly on regulatory action to allow for summer E15 sales. We've been pushing, obviously, for that to get done, make sure we get it done in time. And in the absence of that, if it looks like we aren't going to get that, then I think we have to take a look and consider something else of making sure that there is enforcement discretion that's announced by EPA so that retailers in the industry can plan and and know that they can continue to sell E15, even while the rule is being finalized. Sensky later told reporters the enforcement discretion that would trigger no penalties to retailers selling E15 past the June 1st cutoff would ultimately be up to the EPA. I think the exact nature of what that would take coming from EPA, I mean, that's really EPA that would issue that. But in, you know, from a lot of the conversations we've had within the industry is that a lot of the contracting for fuel begins around 30 days ahead of time. And so in our view, whether you have a final rule or you have some sort of announcement, I think that has to be coming around by May 1. Earlier this week, EPA said it plans to release one set of rules rulemaking to address summer E15 sales as well as transparency in the renewable identification number markets. RFA leaders say their industry can work with the next generation of vehicles no matter how they may be powered. Here's more from Ben Nully. Top ethanol stakeholders believe electric cars have a place in the transportation industry. Renewable Fuels Association President and CEO Jeff Cooper says it's possible for ethanol and electric vehicles to coexist. We know there's 250 million vehicles on the road today. It takes a long time for the fleet to turn over. And we think liquid transportation fuels are going to be around for a very long time. Ethanol has an important role in helping to decarbonize that remaining liquid fuel consumption that we know is going to be significant at least through the the, the mid-century and probably beyond that. The House Energy and Commerce Committee examined the impacts of electric vehicles last summer. RFA Senior Strategic Advisor Bob Deneen testified before the committee. He views electric vehicles as an opportunity for ethanol. Because they will be fuel cell technology that will utilize ethanol in the battery technology. There are opportunities for us there. But look, the objective needs to be to reduce carbon from our transportation fuel. The objective needs to be to displace imported oil. And if you do that, we're all going to be fine. Deneen adds, however, there must be a level playing field for everyone to thrive in a low-carbon economy. At the National Ethanol Conference in Orlando for AgriPulse, I'm Ben Nully. Finally today, a new coalition is calling for the passage of legislation to authorize the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement. 
The past USMCA coalition is calling for just what its name would suggest. Former Washington Governor, Obama Administration Commerce Secretary, and Ambassador to China Gary Locke is the honorary chairman of the coalition. Former Trump Administration Deputy Chief of Staff Rick Dearborn is the executive director of the effort. Now, here's a word from our sponsor. Today's AgriPulse Drive Time is brought to you by America's Crop Insurance Industry, which is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. Providing individualized protection on more than 311 million acres of farmland, crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. That's all for today's Drive Time. For more agriculture, trade, environment, and regulatory news, visit agripulse.com. Reporting in Washington, I'm Spencer Chase.